Me llamo Evangelina. Hola and welcome everyone. Hello, Hello. Welcome, welcome to, to Butler's, Butler's podcast. podcast. What are we doing this time, Cassie? Well, this month is Hola. Rioja Wine Month, so we're going to be discussing all things Rioja. Muy bien. What's that mean? I don't know. <laughs> is good. that Spanish? I think that might be good, is it? I don't yeah. know. Hola. Hola. That's, that's the extent <laughs> of the, uh, our Spanish. <laughs> okay, so um, first of all, why don't you tell us what Rioja means? What is Rioja? I will do. And the reason that we're doing Rioja is that it's Rioja Wine Month. I've already said that. The whole month. Have you just so listened? We are promoting Rioja wines. So okay, Rioja, thanks. I have an echo this month. Well, it wasn't very clear to me, so it's probably not. Because you're not listening. To the listeners. So, <laughs> Rioja is, is a region, it's a wine region in Spain. It's not a wine. There are wines that come from that region and are able to label themselves as Rioja. So there's white, red, pink and sparkling and possibly some sweet wines from that region. And they can be oaked and unoaked. Yes, they can. So lo- every okay. style you want from the place of Rioja. Yes, which is in the north of Spain. So you would fly... We went to a place called Logroño. That was fly brilliant. There. We went to Bilbao and then drove down. Um, but you could go to Madrid and drive north as well. So it's, it is northerly. It has its own little microclimate. It's next door to another region called Navarra. But we're focusing on Rioja. And they have... Um, it's made famous, really. Everyone knows about Rioja like they might know what Chablis... They heard, they've heard of Chablis, they've heard of Champagne, they've heard of Bordeaux. It's, it's a famous wine region because it's been sold in the UK for over 100 years. Um, it became prominent in the UK when uh, Bordeaux wines were ravaged, the, the vineyards were ravaged by the phylloxera bug, and so they needed some wine, and so they hopped over the, over the border into Spain, found that Rioja was made in a similar way, which at that point involved a lot of oak aging, and then, so they started buying it to drink, and then buying it and shipping it around which was what, the mid to late 1800s? Yeah, more towards the late 1800s. Um, the tr- transportation between Spain and France was improved just to enable this um, purchasing of the wines. And so it got it out into, into the rest of Europe and onto the bars and into the restaurants. And then it became famous. And if, in latter years, if you were uh, going to a restaurant in the 50s, 60s, 70s, up until now... There would tended to be a bottle of there'd be a Rioja like a Chianti and a Puifume or a Sancerre or something, or Champagne. All, all these well-known wines would have been on a, a restaurant wine list, and that's why people tend to know about it. But it didn't become a DOC until nineteen ninety one. Yes, that's when it became a DOC in nineteen ninety one. I think there were only two DOCs. I can't remember the other one, um, but it became the first DO in the 1920s, which is a classification recognising that Rioja was a quality winemaking area. Which is designation, origin, control, eh? Is that your actual Spanish? <laughs> no, Hola. So, no, so it's Spanish. <laughs> De- oh. <laughs> okay, and uh, they started shipping everything in bottles rather than big barrels and tanks and blending everything together. Yes. So the, the quality has improved a lot since the 1970s. 
Yes, the, 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 before 1970, 1970 was a turning point. We have a 1970 on our shelves here. We have a 1970 in our lounge and we have a 1970 by our doorway. I wonder why. Because it's my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> 1970, um, Rioja producers had to ship everything in bottle. Before that, they shipped in bulk. There was some shipped in bottle, but the majority of it was shipped in bulk. And so the quality level levels were variable, shall we say. Um, they were bottled in different countries. They were bottled by different producers and probably blended in different places. So uh, to, for the producer to have full control, put it in the bottle on the bodega and then send it out, this, this, was, this improved the consistency and the quality loads. Um, and since 1970, they've probably moved away, well, they have moved away from the massively oaked wines uh, from the, the previous decades, which were, were really popular. The younger generations, especially into the 80s and 90s, preferred a more fruit-driven style of Rioja. So Rioja has changed. I used to drink one a lot, which had that little bull hanging around the neck. What was that? can't remember. Some... <laughs> Um, there's, yeah, there's there are famous ones which big branded ones can be a bit thin. I I find sometimes. Yeah, but it had a pub. little plastic bull, so it toro. seemed appealing. Yes, a little toro <laughs> and a gold hairnet around the. You get those. Yeah, what was the? I went to that really thing. famous winery there. What was that called? Marcus something Riscal. Riscal, Marcos de Riscal. That's really, really fancy, yeah. It's the kind of place you walk in and think, I'm probably not meant to be here because this is really posh. They've been, they were one of the forerunners, one of the top producers from the 1800s and, and onwards, along with Marcos, Marcos de Murrieta. They're they, nice wines, but the, yeah, the winery's fab if you get over there. Murrieta used to age their wines 20, 30 years in barrels before they were bottled and, wow. and then release them. I went to, I had the privilege of going to a, a tasting of old Riocas that had been released from the producers at Christie's Auction House, bought a bunch of them as well. Tastings going back to the early 1900s of red wines and white wines. So these are eight wines to age as well? They do age well because they have good acidity. They have concentration of fruit and structure, but the acidity um, seems to preserve them. Although when we open these older ones we've got here, we'll probably change our minds on that, won't we? We'll do some videos on those. Will we not? Yep. So uh, Rioja is in the north of Spain. Yes. And it is split into three sub-regions. Yes, from, from west to east or east to west. Let's go west. Okay. Is Rioja Alta? Yes. These are sort of... Um, so you can have wines from each of these, these areas... And I think blend them, but the Rioja Alta in the west is higher altitude, so it's cooler, so the wines are brighter and fresher, um, and a lighter style. Okay. Then we've yeah. got in the middle Rioja Alavesa. Yeah, that's probably considered the best part, isn't it? Would you say that seems to? Because they've got rubbish soil. <laughs> <They haven't laughs> so got the rubbish wines in have to soil. the wines have to work really hard. 
Yes. They, to produce concentrated wines. Yes, they tend not to, to worry too much about the foliage, just concentrate on surviving and having really concentrated fruit. Is that where I went? I think that's where I went. I went on one wine trip in my life and it was to Rioja. Yes, and you did go there. And, and so all you've said is that the Rioja wines have to come from Alavesa where you went. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're such good quality. I mean, it was brilliant. Quality. And the land is sort of dusty and there's lots of herbs, sort of rosemary and shrubbery around. But the views there were stunning. The land was amazing. All the buildings look kind of medieval. Yeah, so visually it's, it's very attractive, isn't it? So you get concentrated fruit there because the, the vines are working so hard and, and quite high acidity, which helps to preserve the wine and give it length and age potential, ageing potential. Then uh, in the east, Rioja Oriental, as it's now called, but it was called Rioja Baja. Baja, Baja, isn't it Baja? Rioja Baja. <laughs> yeah, it's Baja. Is it Baja? I would have thought it's Baja. B-A-J-A, That's, which is really hot. Yeah, really hot. Arid, desert-like. Um, so the, the, the fruit is often not as quite, not as good quality as the other two regions because it gets a little bit over high in They have a lot of drought there, so you have to work hard to make some really good wines there. Yeah, but you can get really great value for money from that region. Yes, and sometimes they're used to blend into the other uh, fruit from the other uh, sub-regions. Yeah, so those are the three yes, to the pay attention to. Yeah. See, I, w- I went to Rioja. I've been to Rioja. Um, last time I went to Rioja, we drove up from Madrid to Rioja, and it was everything was covered in snow, and then the following day we drove down to Barcelona and we were sitting outside. In party, t-shirts. party, yeah. Carver didn't go to bed. <laughs> Just saying, rum bar, table football. All needs. That's all that needs to be <laughs> oh, said. Yeah. So I what, bet that bet the journey home the next day was what? It was sweaty. It was because the cheaper flights then that they booked came yeah, into six Luton. in the morning. Oh, no. Exactly. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that was a bit wick woe that one. <laughs> um, the other key thing to pay attention to with Rioja or when purchasing Rioja is the oak that they use on it. So there are traditional terms which will tell you how much oak they have or can use on that bottle of wine. So if you don't like oaky wines, you can avoid some of these. If you like young and fresh, then you get the ones that say the different words on it, which we're going to tell you now. Yes, and that's the traditional style of labelling in Rioja, and some would argue that this is outdated because lots of modern producers ignore this and label just by the name of their wine. And I think they're pushing for being able to label with the village that the fruit comes from, so like a terroir-driven thing, and not focusing on the oak. So there is confusion for the customers, but for the traditional style, which is... On a lot of labels, yes, these are the terms. I like it as well. I think it's a good thing. Okay. Well, it gives it gives people a reference point. Us as retailers and for customers, you can sort of you can rule stuff out. You can. And also on wine lists, I think it's useful. And wine pairings and things. I don't know. I think it's a good reference. Unless you know everything about each producer, then it's an instant reference point. It is. It doesn't tell you much about quality, though, does it? No, but that's why you come to an independent merchant and get good advice. Oh, oh look at you. You're on fire today. <laughs> You've been on the old vitamins, haven't you? 
Vitamin so, C. Let's go from the least oak style to the heaviest oak style. Yeah. So the least oaky would be the hoven. Yes. Which uh, means young, does it not? It does mean young. And they. I'm, I'm not sure of the legality with hoven, but they tend to be aged in oak sort of up to, I, I don't know, like three months or six months. But the, the oak isn't overly present in the wine it's more of a fruit driven style and when you get red wines particularly in spain when it's hot and they come out of the fridge they're chilled it tends to be the hoven style yeah so young fresh fruity hoven yes good done okay next would be the crianza crianza what crianza what who (laughs) chorizo chorizo paella paella no Crianza. Yes. So it's, that has to spend one year in oak, minimum, one year in bottle, minimum, and then released. And these are these legal requirements? Yes. So, so they're the minimums. So you, some, some producers, if you're properly old school traditional, you might age it for two years in oak. Some might do 14 months, some might do 12 months. But you have to, to be able to put the... the the Crianza stamp on your label, you have to reach the minimums. So you're looking at something that's a bit more creamy with a bit of vanilla probably coming through. Yes, so the oak barrels that they used, um, ages ago they used to use French oak, but that became quite expensive, so they switched, Rioja producers switched into American oak, which gives you more vanilla, cream, mm, coconut, spice, bourbon smells really, yum. isn't it? Really nice. It seemed to suit the styles of the wine, so they've they've gone with this. Um, so the oak that you're getting there is very different to a, a wine that's been aged in oak in Bordeaux, for example. In in Rioja, you get more of the sweetness and the I don't know, it's like a friendly style. Yeah, yeah, like blackberry and cream can be quite appealing. Um, and the on all of these, the 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 white wines that also get labelled in the same way, but they sort of tend to roughly they they have to age their wines for half the time the reds roughly i posted so today about the bodega i can't remember i can't pronounce the name bilar bilar yeah. bilar they're white aged for six years isn't there uh-huh we've got that in stock yeah so that's going to keep uh-huh. for a while uh, anyway so we've got hoven young fresh and fruity we've got crianza mm-hmm. little bit creamy yeah then we've got Reserva. A year in oak, two years in bottle before release. So we're looking memory. at more vanilla, more creamy notes, potentially. Yes. Um, and because the Reserva wines tend to be a bit more expensive, you would presume that the better fruit goes into the Reserva and the Reservas would laugh with age for a longer period of time. And then you're not going to get so much of the forefront oakiness. No, a bit, but deep, deep fruit. Okay. And then you've got Grand Reserva, which is two years oak, two years bottle. Um, party, party. <laughs> if you like wood, <laughs> if you want wood, then that's your man, isn't it? The, the, uh, but as going back to what we were saying earlier, that uh, uh, the modern drinker seems to be preferring a fruitier style. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so you don't really see so many Grand Reservas around, do you? We don't have... No, and they, there is a price tag to go with them as well. Yeah. Because the this ageing process, this is tying people's business and income up for a long time while these wines are ageing, a bit like sparkling wine production. Yes. So you need to take this into account. So using the better quality I fruit, do. lots of expensive oak, 
and they're taking years and years to age. Yeah, you've got to, got so to, you're looking to afford all those paying barrels. Paying 30 plus quid, probably. Store them all. Yep. That's wine size, isn't it? So, so Grand it, Reserve it is... Return, they're it? great wines, but yes, they're more premium. Yeah. Which is well justified, but you're looking at a high price tag. And a style thing. If you, if you, as you said earlier, if you really don't like oaky wines, then just buy a really good quality Hotham style, because that will give you the fruitiness, the... the the character of Rioja, but not not so much of that that big fat oak. Equally, if you want a mouthful of vanilla, cream, and spice, and yeah, all, all things, things nice, nice <laughs> <laughs> then you might go up the scale with the Reserva or the Grand Reserva. Grianza is probably like the, the it has a good balance of affordability and oak influence. Yes, so we import some wines from Rioja. And we have a couple of them on wine lists in Brighton and elsewhere. And both of those are Crianzas. Yes. And they're, they're really good value. They're really good with food and they're good for drinking on their own. And people recognise them. We never get any complaints about these wines. Do you think the Criantha would be really good with the chorizo? No, no, don't even. <laughs> I can slap you. Can't you really? You see how well that goes down then. Oh, really? Yeah. What about <laughs> grape varieties, you muppet? Come on. <laughs> Did you learn any of this? Did you prepare? Yes, I've prepared. You were going to swear then, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> sort of the shape of your mouth. So what about what are we doing? We haven't really mentioned the whites, actually. That We should go back to that. So, uh, again, if, if it's a younger style, they tend to be sort of fresh and fruity and quite crisp, don't they? Yeah, and I think you might just see the grape variety as well, rather than any indication of oaking. Yeah, and then and then you can get Criantha Reserve and Grand Reserves and, and they will be a bit more of the oxidative styles, that sort of... Yeah, and there's some delicious... Oh, what's the ones that we had, which I really liked? Well, we had the Alonde. Yes, really And nice. there was something else before that that was really good with loads of coconut and they were quite expensive. We've had the Tondonia ones, which people... Oh, Tondonia, maybe. Always speak about yeah, they're iconic is... aren't they so if you always see those on fancy wine lists yeah that's a nice place to visit there's candles and, and cobwebs mainly in the cellar and and the, the little chaps are still making the the barrels in the in the bodega let's all go to spain it's, it's let's all go skill, to rioja so the, the main grape variety which is uh, prominent across spain is called viura which is also in, called this is the white which is the white which is also called macabea but there are lots of other um, white grape varieties that are permitted, such as Malvasia. It's a good one. I like Malvasia. Gives you a bit of that orange skin and the marmalade bitter, and Garnacha Blanca. Lots of different types of Garnacha. So, the, the Garnacha Blanca, obviously for the whites, um, but there are lots of you see French varieties, um, and other Spanish varieties, but in very small quantities. <coughs> Excuse me. Husky. Quite deep there, aren't I? Gosh. A little water, if I may. So then the... <clears throat> no. <clears throat> no, stop this. This is all these things that drive me nuts. Oh, Bob Fleming has come into the room. <laughs> With his chorizo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then on the reds, the I guess the main grape variety is Tempranillo. Tempranillo is probably regarded as the best grape variety there, isn't it? Because it gives you... A stylish wine, elegance, concentrated fruit, structure, everything you, you would want, really attractive fruit. Um, 
but also you get the great varieties like Garnacha. Graziano. Graziano. What? He's the dancer on um, Strictly, isn't he? Graziano. No. Is he not? I don't know. But you, what you'll I don't understand what you're saying. find is there'll be a blend. So it might be 70% Tempranillo, 30% Garnacha, for example. And then there are some others that you can use as well. But yes. And again, like Graziano, for example, is very, it's really tannic, very high in acidity, but it helps with the structure when you haven't got it. And, but it might only be 3% of the blend, 5%, something like that. So there are lots of little bit players, but Tempranillo and Garnacha are the ones. They're the ones that you will see all the time. How are you doing with your, with your food matches? Well, fine. Yeah. <laughs> anything Spanish. But they are, good, they are good blanket wines. That's yeah. why they work really well on wine lists. And I was um, saying earlier that if you're in a pub or a restaurant and you're not quite sure what to go for, uh, Red Rioja is quite a good all-rounder. Seems to suit everybody. You probably find a Crianza on the list. And that's a good foundation for everybody. It's not going to upset anyone. A bit like everyone sort of opts for Malbec all the time. Yeah. This this kind of Rioja would be a good alternative. Yeah. Um, food match-wise, um, they eat a lot of rabbit, don't they? Yes. Yes, they do. They, lamb, lamb, rabbit, pork, hard um, cheeses. Manchego. Manche- cheese. Manchego. Which... Paella. Paella. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, some of those sweeter, sort of creamy styles of, of Rioja, not sweet, sweet, but fruity, they can take a bit of spice. I yeah. think so. There's probably a bit, a bit of... Would there be paprika up there? I don't know. Or would that be down in the south? Maybe down in the south. And what's in paella? Saffron. Saffron. Yeah. yeah some spices. Exotic, There'll be some it? spices around. But, but the whites are nice as well. The whites, yeah, if you get um, a more oaky white, really good with cream sauces... Yeah. Um, anything in a cream sauce and uh, seafood as well. Yes. I was just so thinking really good for fish dishes. when we went to La Grogna and we're doing a load of the tapa, tapa bars. What? Where have you gone? <laughs> we, there, there were quite a few faggots around, weren't there? <laughs> the in, massive balls. The faggot in the, in the um, yeah. that fat net thing. Yeah. There was the muffle, wasn't yes, there? Yes, but, but then you ordered them and no one really got stuck in i liked it i think it was like three bottles of wine and then let's have a faggot and a and a bit of prawn (laughs) (laughs) that sounds excellent but we had um everywhere we went was the lopez de harrow which is one of the wines that we now import to the uk but that was everywhere and some places it was kind of cellar temperature some places it was in ice buckets and some places kind of boiling (laughs) yeah lots of things to try though nice atmosphere and very easy to move around the city or the town. Yeah, not easy to get from Bilbao to La Grogna. On public transport. Well, we were told that there's trains. No. Trains only run when people want to drive them, which seems to be not In really... 2023. Yeah, not most days. Buses didn't work. No, so we had to get, I don't know, what, two-hour taxi, which was like a death trap. Mm-hmm. But that we was... got there in the end, didn't we? And we had a yeah, good time. and then we got stuck in and the food was brilliant, the wines were brilliant. Yeah. Great value for money, really good place to go. All the, the bars were brilliant. There was lots of hen parties and stag parties, but not like you see around here. They were all very civilised. They were all dressed up in things. Though, yeah, but they were all just doing the tapas bars. It was brilliant. Yeah. So yeah. popping in and having a little bite to eat and a drink and then move on to the next one. 
No fights, no, no flesh that you shouldn't be seeing. No antisocial behaviour, just lots of fun and lots of wine. Yeah, it was good. So there we have it, I think, don't yeah, we, on, so, on Rioja. Yes. Rioja Wine Month. So seek them out. Rioja is the place. Yeah. You can get lots of different wines from this place. They're all good, <laughs> mainly. Well, the, you, when you read there, we used to get a Rioja news, like a magazine a, 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 that was produced by the, the, the governing body of Rioja. And every single vintage, the harvest was either good or excellent, according to them. Hmm. Here we go. So, so you can't go wrong with a Rioja. No. And I, I also was going to say that often they have helpful back labels, don't they? So which will tell you how long the, the wine has been aged in oak or the grape variety. Yes, if you can't remember the terminology. Yeah. Or you go to an independent merchant and you ask for their advice. Yes, but don't ask for Criantha or Tri- Don't ask me for those Tri- things. Oh. I won't understand what you're saying. Oh. So adios, I think, now. <laughs> oh, you're selling lots of Spanish. I'm all over it. Right, seek out Riocas. They're really good. And thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Gracias for tuning in. Adios. <laughs>